0: Celebrating success, learning from legends, and growing poppies. This is Tall Poppy Talk with Grace Lewis. Kia ora and welcome to Tall Poppy Talk. Today, we have Jessie Smith. Now, she may be known as being a world champ, BMXer, Youth Olympian, eight-time national champ, Oceania champ, and yeah, this is all true. Yet, many more know her as a mental health advocate using her voice to speak up about the reality of a life full with highs and lows, to be a voice of hope and change. Jesse inspires Tamariki and Rangatahi and connects to her community, tribe and iwi. She's a friend, teammate and a true legend. Whether she's donating blood and plasma with the New Zealand Blood Service whenever she can, definitely inspiring me. On top of all, she has a very special skill with writing and the spoken word, eloquently expressing her experiences and bringing others together. You're a role model, Jesse, and I'm Super stoked to have you on. I know it's been a long time coming, but welcome. And my first question is, where and how are you today? Oh,
1: ngā mihi, mate. Holy hecker. I don't think I've ever been um, introduced that way. Like, I'm a little bit blown away, actually. Makes me want to cry a little bit. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I am well. I'm really well. And I'm currently in Whakatāne, um, but I usually reside in Cambridge in the Waikato.
0: Yeah, that's my hometown. And I know we like touched upon that a bit, but what, like, what made the move to Cambridge? Is it just because it's BMX? Yeah. So I grew up in
1: Gisborne, um, in the Tairāwhiti on the east coast, first place to see the sun every day in the world, which is pretty special. Um then my family moved to Hamilton um, back in I want to say 2014, and then once I left school, I went straight to Cambridge because that was pretty much you know one of the hubs of um, high performance. And our, all of my training buddies were there and, you know, the whole like product of environment. So shifted over there just to kind of sit, set me up and, and have a solid base for that professional
0: lifestyle and BMX. Yeah. And that is a place I uh, like high performance being surrounded by it. And we'll get into that because you've talked about a bunch of stuff and there's this quote, I don't know where I pulled it from because you're always writing and speaking to people, but you said like, honestly, what we do in life should be about our happiness, right? So, like broad as heck but what brings you happiness
1: um interesting you say that actually because I I had a school talk at my old school Hillcrest High the other day and that was one of our big topics of like self-discovery and and for me happiness is people I think as as simple as it is and, and as short as life is people are you know what bring you those memories people are you know what What bring you for me anyway happiness joy and the ability to be myself and when i'm being myself i think that for me is my like pure happiness and it's usually surrounded by like who i'm with and where i'm at and, and where i'm at is usually um in the bush in the ngahere or, or surrounded by water um tangaro, so that those are my my key happiness which is my people and and my my environment so those are my big things that bring me happiness. And then, of course, there's little other things, um, you know, like KFC and, uh, <laughs> you know, snacks. I think everyone is lying if they don't say food is like one of the biggest like, things that brings happiness. For me, honestly, I love it. It is my, it is my weakness, but yeah, for sure people, connections and Papa um, and Papatuanuku the Earth are my, my biggest happiness.
0: It's what brings people <laughs> together. If you want to have, like, a moment, like, it sounds like ideal situation for you would be, like, a massive family meal by the water oh, or something like that. Like, yeah. An accumulation of all those things. And in terms of, like, happiness and you being around all those people, do you find, like, if someone else's energy is off, are you trying to, like, are you emotionally trying to help other people with their happiness? Like, is that something you can turn off or on?
1: Yeah, so... Um, I definitely would say I was a huge people pleaser back in the day, and I'm, and I'm only just learning that um, my energy and, and my happiness is the most important thing. So I would say, because I'm quite connected spiritually and because I'm Māori, we have a big tie with like people's energies and, and vibes and this and that. So if someone does come into like my space and their energy is, is off, I will actually just remove myself because I'm like, that's going to drain my cup. Car- and then my week's probably going to be, like, ruined because I'm so knackered from, like, trying to, to, I guess, put that mask on of, like, I'm really going to try and, like, connect with you, but it's actually really hard for me. Um, And the more I, like, grow and learn and and progress in life, the more I'm realising that I'm actually quite introverted, um, a little bit more than I ever kind of expected, and it's because of the energy of, like, people, you know, that aren't really connecting with me, but I will try to a certain extent, but if they're not, kind of giving back the same like vibes and I'm like oh this is too hard it's actually just easier to separate myself from them but for a long time I did try and fix everyone else I've you know been known as like you know the fixer and that was actually just like the biggest avoidance um, thing for me was like oh I can help other people with their stuff and what they're going through and give them all this advice and try and you know try my best to pull them out Whereas in turn, I was needing that so bad at, at, at certain moments of of my life. And people would be like, why don't you take your own advice? And I'm like, hmm, I love contradicting myself. But yeah, for, for a long time, I, I would always try and fix everyone else um, and never putting me first, which is why I think my mental health actually plummeted quite a bit. Because number one was me and I was always last on the list. You know, that was always
0: that my last worry when <laughs> it always should have been my first wow that's a pretty bold like sentence right there and I appreciate you being so vulnerable and sharing that's why I'm so excited to talk to you it's like it is very tempting to want to look outward <laughs> rather than in and even like you say quite introverted I think you're extroverted in that you know stereotypical sense of like oh you're outgoing and you're like bubbling all these things but it's where you get your energy from and so you're getting your energy from your whanau, from your friends, like that's what's going to build you up. And I think that's totally fair. Even me learning, like, yeah, people pleasing, it's so tempting. It's so easy you want to do that. But who are you actually giving your energy to? Is it for your family and your friends and yourself? Or are you trying to please people where it's not worth it? Yeah, well, It started off as just pleasing
1: anyone and everyone, because I think for a long time I was like, oh, if I'm not helping others or like building them up or, you know, doing something for them, then they probably don't like me, you know? Like I I struggled quite a bit with trying to fit in and trying to feel like I was worthy um, and this and that. So I think that's kind of where it stemmed from. And that was just my own insecurities within myself. And it, for me, whānau and friends always do come first, but I learned that if I'm not good and if I'm not like... T- care of myself then how do I expect to take care of my family friends to the best of my ability so that's where my mindset changed was oh I I think my purpose is definitely helping others supporting others um giving my all to others but I knew that if I couldn't do that for myself then I actually couldn't do that for my people so that was the change otherwise I was just like no no I'm always here to help people this and that even though I'm not good but then I kind of read something Uh, don't quote me on where I bloody read it but I was just like oh that makes total sense to me and for me I need to fully understand the like when why who what you know like everything that adds to I guess that like simple quote of you know if you're not taking care of you how do you expect to take care of others so that was my like mindset change and now I'm I try that balance there's definitely like weeks where I'm giving way more to other people than I probably should but I've got so much more awareness of it and I'm like I I can do that for this week but next week I'm gonna be chilling watching Netflix and TikTok for the next week because I need to like recharge and everyone I I know well I know a lot of my mates do that hang out with their mates and then go home and pretty much just marinate in your bed
0: (laughs) (laughs) and it is far out like the emotional maturity and growth you've had and like there is so much that you have been open putting out there, whether that is social media or like in the written word and to get into a pretty like surface serious thing straight away. I know in May of last year in one of New Zealand's biggest publications stuff, you have this bold headline and it's, you know, from riding high to depths of depression, BMX world champion, Jesse Smith breaks her silence. And I'm like, Holy moly, there's, and again, whatever you're comfortable getting into, but could you possibly share what led you to speak up about the reality of high performance sport, your mental well being, like what emotions surrounded that? Um, I'll probably cry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, and
1: it's um I'll try and say it. I'll try and be courageous for a little bit. Um I'm I'm so happy with being like vulnerable and and open and um sharing that side of things because you know like because my biggest thing is like connection and people um we lost a good mate um a couple years ago to suicide and for me I was heading down that road like literally at the same time I was definitely thinking about it and then when that happened my whole mind was like I can't do that um look at It's not a matter of, like, look at how many people, you know, this is, like, affected and this and that, because when you're in that state, for me anyway, I can't speak on other people, but you don't care about anything. You don't care about anyone. All you're thinking about is just trying to hold on and, like, survive. And um, when that happened, I was like, okay, you need to actually wake up and you need to change for you. Um, Because I was, you know, trying to, like, always please others and this and that I, I never thought that I was good enough so for me when that occurred there that was, that was a big um, like head shift of like I have a voice I'm not afraid to speak up and, and talk out if it's going to help one person and, and and that that's all it was I couldn't care less if no one read it if no one liked it um, if it didn't connect with anyone but when I kind of released that that specific story I kind of went into a bit of a hole for a week because I was like what did you just do what did you just do it's a lot to unpack and um honestly I just got hundreds of messages after that and I I don't think I truly was ready for um all of that to occur and it kind of just it it overwhelmed me so much um because I I almost (laughs) forgot that people don't really like talking about that stuff um Whereas for me, when I had that wake-up call, I was like, honestly, I'm at a point where I can, like I can be brave enough to share that. And if again, if, if it is just going to help one person rethink and and hopefully get some help, then I was more than willing to be as vulnerable as I can um and and share my own experiences with with the mental health issues and you know, the high performance sector and, and trying to be the best and trying to challenge your identity and this and that because A lot of athletes um, especially when you've done it for a very long time and and since you're a kid you do think that that's that's where your worth is like controlled I guess so then when you aren't doing good and, and when you don't make those selections you think well this is my whole life this is my world and that thing that's contributing to your happiness and your joy and and this and that is ripped away from you what do you do you know so it's it's quite hard in that sense but yeah apologies for the tears but we got there in
0: the end (laughs) (laughs) no thank you the words thank you don't do it justice and the fact if you were trying to just impact one person's life like genuinely sincerely you have had a profound i'm getting chills like a profoundly serious impact on people in the best way like helping people and yes you can you can cry i'm i'm feeling that and like i Oh, yeah, I'm almost like at a loss for words on that. Something you say too, like happiness and identity. That first question I asked was because what brings you happiness? You didn't say being world champ, getting this best lap time, um, (laughs) doing a new trick. Like it was the people. It was your land. It's your tribe. It's food. It's like those experiences. So, again, being an introvert as well, like putting that message out and you write so well, People felt like they knew you because you had such an open way that I'm reading it. I'm like, Oh, I know Jesse. And that's probably why people reached out even more to you because you'd written so well that people felt like, Oh, I know you. So as soon as we logged on today, I'm like, I know Jesse, this is our first time speaking, but that's that tower of the skill you had. So mate, yeah, you have, have reached beyond what you know, like the role model, like you're a strong Wahine Toa, like, hundred um, percent. yeah, absolutely, chills and and on that, like I've had other guests who had experienced the same you know loss and how it's impacted them and how they've gone on to spread word and even talking to me, I think that that's another thing they want to do to have more conversations So, yeah, far out. Thank you. like thank you. And I know during that time you probably needed a lot of support from your final friends. And so to kind of pivot a little bit, when you think of your whanau and your friends, what role do they play for you? What what are they yeah, what impact do they have in your
1: life? Yeah, that they're everything. And and like you said, my happiness are people say it's kind of like the smaller things, but for me, it is the biggest things because at the end of the day, all we've got are our memories and my best memories aren't winning world titles or doing this and that like you said it's it's actually the time that I spend with my whanau and my friends because those are the ones that I can actually (laughs) remember half of the time a little bit of a goldfish and that could be because of hitting my head a few times um but yeah they for me it's actually hard with when I when I usually am struggling I tend to avoid and disappear so they don't necessarily know what I'm going through because because I'm you're good because I think I'm very independent and am an adult I can do everything by myself but (laughs) I really can't and uh, it is probably because I'm a Taurus and a little bit stubborn and my family are, are very stubborn as well we don't necessarily like to tell people what we're going through because it worries them but actually it makes it even worse when they know you're struggling And you know that they know that you're struggling, but no one really wants to say anything. So I've learned over time that if I do just, you know, maybe flip my mom or or my siblings a message or even my friends just like, hey, not, not, not doing good at the moment, but I'm usually like, I don't want to burden you or I don't want to worry you, but I'm all good. I'm just taking some time for myself. And then by me actually telling them what I need, I'm not like stressing or or worrying about, oh, they're going to be like trying to go over the the top to help me this and that. Like I actually just need time to myself and for me to work through it myself. Like I've always been like, oh, I just want someone to, you know, like hold me and like, (laughs) you know, be there and this and that. But actually I just need time by myself to fully process what I've been through and, and what I'm thinking and feeling. And then my mates are just, you know, they, they are my my everything and, and my happiness. But A good distraction, because I, I will say it's when I, you know, am really struggling, I will just hit up my mates and we'll just go do whatever. We don't have to talk about it. They know what I'm going through. But I think sometimes that's the hardest thing is actually using your words and saying what you're actually feeling is so difficult. And and they should be the, the easiest people to talk to because, you know, they're not going to judge you. You know, they love you for you. You know that they're always going to be there. But at the same time, you're like, oh, man, like, I don't want to bring down the vibes of this and that. So for me, I don't really like doing that. I actually just like hanging out and then fully just we're just talking about whatever. And and that fills my cup up so much so that I can actually continue on with my week and and keep moving forward at whatever pace that I need to in order to just get through. So, yeah, whānau and friends especially that those extended family friends that you don't really get to see for a while maybe it's unfortunately at a tangi or a or a big celebration or something but those small moments that I get with you know my bloodline oh they're everything to me like literally my favorite moments and the ones that I remember and, and hold on to for forever
0: yeah absolutely you feel like gives you that warm feeling of fullness to your point yeah you know. don't need to sit down and like oh this is this and that now just being in their presence and yeah. subconsciously like you're leaning on each other you're supporting and yeah. then you're away yeah. also thinking like hey that thing that was really weighing me down i've got some perspective yeah. yeah and that's that sometimes all you
1: need is that when you're because depression anxiety is a disease right you don't necessarily have that clarity or that perspective and that's what i was missing for a long time so that's what i figured out when i removed myself from everyone who was feeding me all of this negative sh- stuff and it was myself it was my own brain and because I was in such a negative mindset all I was getting was negative energy right my brain was just telling me all the all the great stuff you know all of those triggering things everything just comes in at once you're thinking about everything that's possibly gone and wrong in your life and you don't have any external um anyone external externally saying actually you have been a little bit delulu pull it back a little bit and let's actually look at it in a different light and 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 have a bit of perspective so for me I usually just go to those friends that are the ones that will kind of give me a kick up the ass and they're usually the ones that put that mirror in front of you and go hey you're your (laughs) bloody worst enemy but you actually just need to be kind to yourself because I think for me it was just like oh you're being sorry for yourself and you know all of this shit has happened to you and nothing's ever going to get better and the world hates you but it's like well actually what has happened to you is pretty hard out and you should just you know show yourself a little bit of kindness and then that goes then that kind of changes the way you think and you're like oh actually what has happened has happened and all I can do now is just work through what I'm doing at the moment and just live each day as it is and just keep chugging along instead of trying to like think you know, years in the future of like, why am I, why aren't I doing this? Why aren't I there? You know, I'm doing this and that. It's like, well, actually where you're at at the moment is where you're at. You've just got to like push through and deal with what you've got. And I was always just either trying to live in the future or dwelling on the past. I was never present. And I think that's what my mates and my family have brought me is the ability to be present and have perspective and go, actually, what I'm going through isn't the worst thing ever and all things must pass and tomorrow will hopefully be better
0: you know yeah and because you're a high performer right you are constantly thinking about and even just the technical aspect with BMXing like what's next how did yeah. that run go what happened at the last one so you've always been training your mind to think high performers like let's think bigger so you need to really like deconstruct and work on the way of being present and when you're saying too when you're feeling down about yourself it's like self-confirming but you know it's like someone says oh you see yellow cars everywhere and then you start seeing yellow cars everywhere and you didn't see them before or someone says oh have you noticed that person always says like the next time you're talking to them you're like oh that's all they say like when you're in that mindset you keep looking for those things and it relates a little bit to like that tall poppiness because you were saying it's actually within yourself you're, you're feeding yourself the negative in a dialogue and then maybe there is some coming outside and you grab onto it and ignore all that like real positive stuff so it's one question I ask everyone please is in your own words, no right or wrong answer what's tall poppy syndrome? All right, for me um,
1: I think it is well it's that whole generalisation of success or whatever you think success looks like and it is that external factor of people pretty much just going, oh, actually, what you did isn't that very great. You know, everyone else can do, like, good stuff too. And, and it's just bringing you down from whatever you think you've done well. But for me, personally, I, I struggle with it myself. I bring myself down. And I think a lot of us do as well in that sense of thinking that um, I've done all these amazing things, all these whatever, successes, achievements, but I never really think that they're actually that good because everyone else, you know, so many others have done so many more cooler things or bigger things. So I'm like, oh, actually, you're actually not that good. And anything you have done isn't really like anything to be applauded about. And that's, that's from me. And that's because I've seen it from other people, seen it occurring in, you know, business and sport and family and whatever it is, everyone around you always tends to, have a a negative I guess impact on what you know the success that you've you know attained but for me you know like so many people think that success is this big bold thing but it could be the smallest of things whereas like I might just you know I just want to make it to next week and that's like that could be the biggest thing ever but someone's still going to have something bad to say about you doing what you're doing. And I, I think for me, talk of poppy is so many people are so concerned about what other people are doing instead of focusing on themselves Do you know what I mean?
0: Hundred percent. That yeah it's such a good way to put it in the whole looking at other people instead of focusing on yourself. And forwarding inwards. Hundred percent looking inwards and something for you, like you've been in the high performance world for a long time. That mm-hmm. your scale is pretty messed up in the sense of like I'm looking at what you've done. The fact that you can even just, first of all, do the one lap of the BMX track <laughs> is crazy. Because I'm like, I don't even know if I could get out of the starting blocks. But you, the the normal, like the baseline of what people can do in your sport, for you is so distorted because you've been in that high performance world for so long that getting perspective from your final, from your friends, for me, who was like, oh, I don't even know if I could get one lap in. Those are the important ways to try I think to like not combat tall poppy, but to again get perspective and be like, oh shit, what I'm doing's pretty like badass. Like that's cool. Like what yep. you do is insane. Like I said, the sport's one thing, but the way you write, the work ethic you have. Because I know I follow you on Insta. Like you're up training, you're working, you're doing this, you're visiting people, like constantly churning it out. You haven't got time to think about what other people are saying.
1: Honestly, I. <laughs> I don't know how people are so wrapped up and concerned about what others are doing. Cause I'm like, man, I'm just trying to, you know, live each day as it is and and figure out like what exactly I'm going to do tomorrow. And people have the audacity to even like comment on other people's stuff and, and put them down. Like, I really don't understand. And that just comes down to, I think their core values. Um, respect is an easy one. Kindness is not isn't an, is an easy one for me. And if they're not doing those things I'm like what are you what are you trying to actually achieve in your day-to-day because it's just such a negative way of of living like I like when when you see people posting on on socials or whatever it is and then people have the time to comment something negative I'm like man you clearly weren't probably yelled at as a child for not saying you know it, it is as simple as if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it at all yeah and majority of it is is adults that do and I'm like wow the time you must have because I really don't it's not that I don't care about what other people are doing but as long as you're happy and as long as what you're doing isn't affecting anyone else then you do whatever you want to do
0: you know (laughs) so true and my sister and I were actually talking about this yesterday she was saying what are your green and red flags and friends right and I was like oh i said a green flag is when someone's like super excited about something and just like a super fan about it and i have nothing to do with it but they're just seeing someone passionate about something like unapologetically like whether that's cooking or it or something super random that i'm like literally blank face but watching them they super yeah. super passionate suddenly you're like okay yeah yeah like yeah. that's an energy i want to be around so for you What's yeah? What's like a green flag, and when you're looking for a friend or someone you want the energy that you want to be around?
1: Oh, a green flag. See, I don't really think about this stuff, but I would say anyone that truly just makes me laugh, yeah. and 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 someone that actually just has good values. Because if yeah, I don't really know, right? But, but good, good good values are definitely probably like my green flags because you can tell when like the wording that people use and I guess how they look at others maybe when you're out having a coffee the things they say about people if if you aren't actually showing kindness then I'm like oh but if you do that I'm like oh you're wrong or even just supporting others I think that's for me, that's such an easy thing to do, like giving a bit of your energy to lift someone else up and to be kind is definitely an uber green flag for me. I love that.
0: Oh, yeah, 100%. You can look at it the other way, like, oh, what's a red flag? But I'm like, now nah, here on this podcast, we're all about like, what's the good stuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I have to ask you, right, like, well, I actually wrote this down. Yeah, you've spoken about the practice of mindfulness and mental skills oh. coaching just a little background when I came to the States started going, there was resources to go to like sports psych. So I go every week and we talk about like simple mental strategies, like breathing or going through your five senses. And I'm like, I've never just like focused on breathing before, like random things like that. So for you, what is you know mindfulness look like? Is that still something you put effort into? I, Will
1: actually be honest and say I probably haven't been super mindful in the sense of actually using those specific like core practices, like exactly what you said about breathing and your five senses. Um, I used to work with an incredible lady called Taylor Rapley with Ahua Psychology down in um, Wanaka. Amazing, the the one person that I actually like really connected with because she was tied to extreme sports. So in my mind, she understood my sport because it's very different than just you know some other sports that you don't really have to think about life or death almost in a sense I'm going extreme level but our mm-hmm. sport is so out the gate that you need someone that actually truly understands what you're going through so for, for for what we worked on a big thing was simply breathing yeah like you don't ever think about it but when you do and you, maybe you try and do breath holds it's actually really hard but when I'm, I'll say this, when I'm not in a good place, it's really hard to be mindful because when you maybe, say, sit in, in silence or out wherever you are to, to practice your, I guess, meditation or this and that, everything comes at you all at once, right? And it's so overwhelming and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of thoughts. These are a lot of feelings to actually break down. But how you said your five senses, what we used to do is um, you just sit there and then you're like, yeah, what is one thing that you smell? And you just focus on that and then what is one thing that you hear and what is one thing that you see just going through it and it actually just allows you to be again present yeah. and i think that is probably something that a lot of us chase and for me that's what mindfulness allowed me to do was to just be present in that moment and not go back in time to every shitty thing that i've done or that's happened to me and not be 10 years in the future so for me mindfulness was actually allowing me to be present and I use this acronym it's called WED willingness to experience discomfort so if I'm just you know a little bit willing to just work through those scary thoughts then I'll pop out the other side and go that wasn't actually too bad I could probably do that again so it is it does just come down to small steps Um, I was because you know overachiever apparently and wanting to always be the best at everything it was really hard to just take like 20 steps back and just really break it down I'm always like you just need to be full gas good at everything and if you're not good at everything then you're failing but it's like okay and that's that's what mindfulness did was allowed me to to break it down and go let's just work on what we're doing right now because my brain is actually you know thinking about 10 different things instead of just like what's going on right now So being mindful could be totally different to other people. You know, so it's, and that's the same with any mental health. Um, It's always different for everyone. So the simple thing is to just be kind and like chill a little bit more than what you're used to. So I used to just be full gas, hating everything and everyone. So judgmental. But as soon as I broke it down, I was like, wow, everyone is going through stuff.
0: So... (laughs) it's just like calm down a little bit and take it at our own pace you know great 100 percent. i like i keep saying 100 percent. i gotta stop saying that but far out everything you've put there i'm like <laughs> those are tangible takeaways and the call about everyone's is different like, what's good for yeah. you maybe not as beneficial for me and ties back to your bmx because when you're racing right i can imagine not only do you need to be physically like I'm tired, I'm gassed. You've got to be looking out at your competition, getting ready for the turns. Like you have to be thinking about a minimum, like seven different things at one time and what's yeah. going to come after that corner. So that stuff that's great for you in BMX is also what can be negative in your mind sometimes when you're trying to find stillness. Yeah.
1: Um, that, and that that's always such a hard thing for a lot of people is actually to just find that stillness. Um, because you are, you know, like so many things are going on at once, and you're, you know, trying to do this and that, and distract yourself from this and that, and it's like, whoa, well, if I actually just allowed myself to just calm myself with breath work to just, you know, reset a little bit, then it, well, hopefully it would, it would help. And then with BMX, like, there's so many unknowns, and I think that is such a scary, well, for me anyway, it's, it's, it's terrifying, right? I I like to be in control and I like to know exactly what's happening to plan out things. But the unknown is like the complete polar opposite of what I like and it's everywhere. You don't know what's going to happen in a, you know, in a minute, in an hour. So it's just actually being aware of that and accepting it to Mm -hmm. go what could be, might be. Whereas me, I'll, I'll tend to overthink a lot of things and I'm really trying not to do that, but it, it's, it's so hard but I, I want to almost just be uber prepared on what could be but it's like what if it actually goes well but I'm like nah it's probably gonna go wrong
0: <laughs> so I still struggle big time with that like that's just that's just
1: who I am I guess but always working and always learning on trying to just be better
0: yeah I get that and it's not a you know so it's not a destination it's a journey like you are getting better at it and yeah. you'll learn something today that you didn't know tomorrow and you'll try and move it and then yeah. maybe Things will change and I just needed to note too like yeah your sport it is extreme because rowing for example the only thing you know is I need to get from A to B and it's going to hurt really bad but you can't play defense no one's throwing something random at you so for yours is an extreme sport because there's so many unknown parts in it yep yep it's and that's I think that's something that we BMXers
1: forget is actually how crazy, our supporters, because we always, you know, all these psychologists and this and that say, you just got to focus on yourself, and it's like, yeah, I'm trying to, but there's seven other people bombing to- down an eight-metre jumping these jumps, and honestly, when I say anything could happen, like, you know, before, before a race, people on the sidelines are like, oh yeah, that person's going to win, or, you know, they're predicting who's going to get first, second, third. You could be the fastest person, like Michael Phelps, and then you get on the start block, and you don't even finish the race because someone else is taking you out or you know bikes can fly everywhere there's so many unpredictable um external like what's the bloody word um possibility lost. Ex- yeah 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 we'll go with that external possibilities that that could actually negatively impact your race that you can't even you can't even think about everything that that could happen so you're trying to just ride your race, but someone else could take you out, and you're like, "Well, how did that happen? How, how How did that happen?" And and then you're like, "Why did that happen? Why did it happen to me?" Um, and that's that's just the reality of our sport. So many, so many external factors. That's the one factors. <laughs> Sorry. So that's... many external factors nailed it could actually impact your race whereas you know you really do try and be present and go I'm just going to do my race there's no one else on the track but it actually actually is so much more than that because there's seven other ladies buying for that that first place position and you know you don't know what they're going to do so you're just you're almost prepared prepared to eat shit because that's sometimes just the reality of our sport
0: honestly yeah well I better actually ask something about BMX before (laughs) you wrap up but how is it going for you now like what what is this moment looking like because I know it's a lot of getting back on the bike building your confidence how are you feeling about it now
1: I'm feeling nervous excited um a little bit daunting honestly there's so many feelings going on at the moment because but also just I think the biggest one is just proud because there was a there was a long time where I didn't want anything to do with BMX you know it was it went from being the thing that brought me the most joy to actually the thing that brought me the most pain and I was like I don't really want to connect back to those you know things that actually hurt me a lot but now that I'm you know back on my bike it's so cool to think back and go you know what you've actually done such an amazing job of where you used to be to now and I always forget how far I've come um, and I'm sure you probably looked at my last post, but it was like actually just taking a step back and thinking like two years ago, you weren't really in a good place. You really weren't ro- wanting to be here anymore. And and now you're, you know, back on your bike and you're going to the gym and you're doing everything you can to to just better tomorrow. So I think for actually the past like couple months, I've been so scared of like that big goal, you know, the Olympics. And I'm like, that's so not attainable right now, but it's like, whoa, again, you're thinking so far in the future, let's just focus on tomorrow or the end of the week. Like, what can I do in order to better my tomorrow? And I know that's like one of those big old quotes or whatever, but for me, it's so simple. Like, it's just one day at a time. um, And I always forget that, yeah, where you're at now, that's that's what you've got. So for me, I I am super scared at at what the future holds, but I'm trying my best to uh, enjoy the journey break it down a little bit and and actually just enjoy the, you know, the slog because I've got a long way to go. Um, But very excited as to where the train is I I guess, moving forward. You know, my confidence is slowly building um, and it's, it's actually just still figuring out what works best for me because when you're in that high performance sector, everything is almost like, here we go. This is what you're doing. And you don't have a lot of input when you're that, starting off in the high performance realm when you're at the end you kind of run the show but I had you know spoken to a lot of different coaches and mates and, and support crew of like why don't you just do it your way and that's probably the scariest thing that's like hmm I've removed myself from HP I'm going to try and do it my way which has never really been done before for me anyway and a huge person that's actually influenced that, um, definitely Sarah Walker and, and Amy Fisher. Yeah. Our sprint partner. You know, she figured out that it wasn't working for her. So she's gone off on her own and she's doing it herself. I'm like, that is so dope. And she's killing it. You know, like to to be able to have that faith and that trust and that belief in yourself that, what I can do, I can still do it just as good as everyone else that has, I guess, those high performance like coaches and support staff. You know, like we can still do it on our own and it's going to be our way and it's going to be a whole lot more centralized around human first, athlete second. Because I am so over going to a place and go, How's your training going? I don't care. How are you going today? Did you sleep all right? Those are the things that, you know, actually are of importance. Uh, you're, cool. You're, Everyone knows your training. Everyone knows what's, you know, going on. It's like, I want to know about you, not about what's going on in the gym or what's going on, you know, externally within your sport. Because at, at the end of the day, we are the most important people. And if my mate says, oh, you know, training isn't going very well, there's probably actually something else adding towards that. Happy, you know, happy human, happy athlete. It's as simple as that. And
0: I'll stand by that, you know. <laughs> And it's the same, like, the whole saying one day at a time. There's a reason that's a cliche, right? Yep. Because yep. you hear cliches and then it's not till one day you're like, oh, I get it. That makes sense to me suddenly. That's the thing. I'm so, like, I do
1: these school talks and I I don't really think it's kind of a cool thing. You know, I'm really trying to practice humility, right? And, and, this, and I told the kids that I was talking to, I'm like, I'm no better than you. Just because I have all these achievements behind me doesn't make me, you know, don't put me on a pedestal. Don't think I'm, you know, this great or almighty. But it is actually still recognising that what you have done is freaking awesome. And that's probably, I I do want to say this, sorry, I fully cut you off, is to actually be proud of, like, who you are and, like, where you've come from and what you've done. Like, that's such an, for me, like, it could be the smallest of things, like, literally waking up and brushing your teeth or whatever that small goal is of that day for you, like be stoked on that stuff. And that's why I just blast all my mates over my socials because I'm just so proud of my friends and like what they're doing. And even if they're not my friends, I'm like, I'm going to make you my friend and like share your success because that's for me, that fills my cup. You know, Oh, I'm so stoked on what this person has done. I want other people to see it and be stoked on what they're doing too. because. I th- I think a lot of athletes really struggle with building other athletes up. And I'm like, nah, man, like we're all working our asses off. We're all trying to do our best. We're all trying to just reach those goals and targets. So if I can just, you know, support that a little bit, then I'm like stoked on that. Like that's real cool.
0: That's sharing success is one of the like taglines I think about with this is like talk to, I say, talk to tall poppies, learn from legends, share success is like growing more yeah. poppies. Um. I have one little funny like sign-off question but before I do Ooh. is there anything and we talked about a lot and I'm so thankful for it but <laughs> is there anything you feel like I didn't ask that you want to touch upon?
1: Mm, um, I don't know are you thinking of anything?
0: No I feel like one thing I want to acknowledge with you that I haven't already is how good you are at making friends and connections because seriously like we're just <laughs> yarning and like <laughs> I'm like showing people I'm, like look at my friend I'm like I haven't actually met or spoken to But <laughs> do you know what's funny though is
1: probably I want to say like 50% of my mates no I'm just gonna throw that out there I don't care probably like 50% I've just seen maybe them on Instagram Facebook whatever it is and I'm like dang you're cool I reckon I could connect with you well. Send them a message. You're my friend now. <laughs> you know, like I will just make, not make, that sounds really bad, not make people my friends, but I, I just think I see cool people. I'm like, man, I want to get on that, on that buzz. Simply flick them a message. It might be like something like, oh, you're doing such rad things, but I've got some really close mates now that maybe I've only ever met once in real life just by connecting them with, them, with them on socials. Um, and that's something that I actually really do like about social media is connecting with people um but yeah it's just as simple as being a little bit vulnerable and asking that question like oh whatever it could be it could be something that you're just I'm so so stoked on what you're doing at the moment and then maybe you might hit it off and and become mates but honestly I've got so many mates that I've probably actually never met and we're just online friends because I'm just like whoa you're doing cool stuff and I want to follow along with that journey because it's always really cool seeing what your mate's doing. Like that, that
0: truly does fill my cup up. I love it. Yeah. And what you said about social media, even a, eh? like there are those all like <laughs> negative, you get to choose who you follow. And so, yeah, yeah. I love, I log on to like, if it's Instagram and you're scrolling and it's like, I have a mate who's running, I have a mate who's running. I've like, see what you're yeah. And yeah, it's that little dose of like, oh, cool. That f- connection. Yes. Connection. Connection is everything.
1: I mean, you know, everyone has their own things that fill them up and, and bring them their joy and stuff. But for me anyway, it is those connections with people, those memories that you make, because those are the things that last and those are the things that, that matter. It's not, you know, this
0: success or that success. It's it's definitely the memories, the memes, right? <laughs> the memes. I saw the first question now. <laughs> like, what brings you happiness? Essentially what you said was, like, connection, whether it's with people, places, Food for me, like last time I visited New Zealand, the only time I cried was when I saw Lake Karapiro because that's where I learned to row, right? And so I saw it, I was like, oh, I miss this. Yeah,
1: it's what you know, certain songs, certain smells. There's always those things that you link back to, whether it's a good memory or a bad memory. And I think at the end of the day, whatever memory it is, it's going to make you feel a certain way. So if it's going to make you feel good, man, always go back
0: to that because that's the stuff we want to see, you know? Yeah, tap into it now. Mate, I'm last into it, huh? this question's like gone from serious to surface so fast. <laughs> nice. um, but if you had to have just one meal for the rest of your life, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, same meal, what's it going to be?
1: Oh, crayfish, bro.
0: <laughs> like, well, how-
1: well, if it's going to be one meal, right, it can be cooked many ways. So I'm thinking boiled craze. Grilled craze cray sashimi. <laughs> I don't really know how to have craze. Oh, sorry. If people don't know what crays are. It's, it's crayfish. It's a um, a rock lobster. Um, it usually tastes way better when you do the diving yourself and, and catch, you know, to do that, that gift. Very hard. Yeah. It's pretty hard, um, but it's so worth it. And it's just, I think because it's, I like this, because it's actually so hard to get. It tastes even better, and that's quite a cool like metaphor in the sense of like how hard that journey is to get to wherever you're going. You know that reward is so much better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, crayfish is my favourite thing, and if it's not crayfish, then it's lambs' tails. All right. So here in Aotearoa, in New Zealand, we have like lambing season where the lambs get their tails chopped off. Um, and when their tails are chopped off, you know you you chuck them on a fire. Um, it's like a little grill down and you roast all there like the fluff off and then yeah you simply <laughs> it sounds so whack you peel off the like skin and then you just eat the lamb's tails you can dip it in salt or a bit of soy sauce it's, it's truly preference up to you but yeah okay that sounds real whack it's it's mean as though it's it's such a delicacy here in New Zealand and I definitely suggest it if anyone comes here and wants
0: to try a lamb's tail because they are banging like honestly so good you have to come. What time of the year is? Ta- oh, it wasn't that now, long. Now. Yeah, now. Like kind of a month
1: ago. Yeah, just heading into spring. Oh, I love that. So. so just, good, honestly,
0: so good. But yeah, if, if I had one one meal to eat, breakfast, lunch, dinner, it'd be crayfish. Yum. I've never caught one myself. I do dive. Um, it's a it's a like a goal, but they're just too bloody fast. Yeah. That, well, you know, you've got to be sneaky. Sometimes I'm you're, what?
1: like, coming from behind. Sometimes you can, like, use tools. But half the time, I'm just trying to, like, hold my breath and not panic. Because <laughs> I'm and then, and then you swallow a mouthful of seawater and you get up to the top and you're like, oh, this is it. This is it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love it, though. Oh, I love it. Mate, thank you. I'm going to wrap it up because I have to. Otherwise, we'll just keep have, uh, this corner. Forever and ever but it's one I hope many I can't wait to meet you in person but thank you as always thank you for being vulnerable for being so clever just being you I've loved having you on the podcast thank you
1: oh thank you so much Grace honestly When I say it's been a time to try and actually link this up, it has been a time. So I really appreciate your questions and I appreciate you actually asking those hard questions that not a lot of people are necessarily willing to ask to get that response. You know, that juicy stuff that we all actually enjoy because we're all human, shit happens. And if I can be a little bit vulnerable and, you know, express who I am, then I think that's cool and I pat myself on the back there.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Tall Poppy Talk. We'll see you next time. Feel free to check us out on socials, YouTube, and the website. Thanks for today's guest, and we'll see you all next time. Take care. Be kind.